What is up? What is going on, everybody? This week, we hope that by listening to this podcast, you are not dumber off than you were, uh, and that you are hoping that, you know, God rest our soul. But we'll find out on the other side of the song. Welcome back, everyone, to another new episode of The Threequel. As always, I am one of your three co-hosts, Ethan Klein, and here with me, Brad Miller. Are you going to the mall today? And Mike Durant. Shampoo is better. <laughs> well, that's how this episode's going to go. Uh, Rerudo. <laughs> we are discussing Mike's pick for the month of February, uh, Billy Madison. Is this two Februarys in a row you've picked? Uh, Adam Sandler film. That is correct. Uh, both both times they for to take the audience a little behind the scenes. Neither of these beacons of pristine cinematography. Neither of them were on uh, Ethan's list that we got to pick from. So I I ordered off the menu two straight Februarys to get us some classic Adam Sandler. You're all welcome. And and here we are with with that choice now. Um, I think we might have done ourselves a disservice by starting with Black Panther and the Crazies. I feel like maybe by the end of the month we're going to wish that we did a little sandwiching. Um, but here we are, uh, talking Billy Madison. So I'll ask the question that I always do, gentlemen. Uh, what was your first interaction with Billy Madison? Was it in the theaters in 1995? Uh, was it, you know, a video rental? Uh, how, how did you first come to see this film? Uh... I honestly don't remember. Um, I've seen this movie several times in my life. I'm guessing it was probably uh, a rental in the house. Uh, I don't believe I saw it in the theater, but uh, cannot remember the first time I saw Billy Madison. Yeah, to keep it like fully lame, I am right there with you. It was certainly, a, uh, whether it was a VHS that a friend owned, that my brother owned, that we rented... Um, I can tell you that I saw this after I had seen Happy Gilmore a number of times, and so uh, I find that with people who enjoy Adam Sandler, they tend to either be Happy Gilmore people or Billy Madison people, uh, and obviously people probably can figure out where I land since I picked Happy Gilmore last year and not mm-hmm. Billy Madison. I enjoy them both, but uh, I certainly saw this at some point after I was well-established on my, my Adam Sandler um, from Happy Gilmore and some of his comedy uh, CDs. Yeah, uh, for me, I guess it's a clean sweep. I don't know the exact time. I know that my cousin had a double box VHS of this and Happy Gilmore. Mm. So that was how I viewed it the first time. I can't tell you the exact uh, specific moment. Um, and yeah, it's exactly what I remembered it to be. I mean, spoiler alert, I am definitively finding out which portion of Adam Sandler's career I connect with more, and it's not the one that took place before I was born. I think I think is where we're getting, and this this movie is uh, about five months older than I am. Uh, so, but we'll get into it. Uh, every single film has its has its ups and downs. Um, the way we'll get into it is by Brad just telling us what the score is of this movie on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> because he's two for two this month, um, and I guess I'll have the opportunity to blindly or no, it's you. Yes, we, it's you. Brad gets to pick the correct number. Yeah, and then you get to say another number, and we get to tell Brad that he's right. Um, so, Brad, what is the sitting Rotten Tomato score of Billy Madison? Well, this is the movie that when 
I was thinking about Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I was trying to analyze in my head because this really could go anywhere. And some of the factors are, this is coming off of, I, I guess I don't know for sure if this is his first, I think this is his first film from Saturday Night Live. Um, and very popular um, actor on that show, but this is one of those films where I think nobody really knew what to expect because besides this and maybe like Wayne's World, I don't know if there was really anything else um, out at this point. This was kind of the, one of the jump starts for these SNL spinoff movies. Um, I could be, you know, totally speaking out of my butt here and be way off and you might be able to list 10 other movies I'm not thinking of. But uh, I say that because I don't know how well uh, comedic actors from Saturday Night Live were received by critics at that time. So... Um, I'm going to pick a number that I think's, you know, fairly middle of the road. It could go either way and say like 77. Um, I'll go with 77 and let Mike decide which way he wants to go from there. Well, um, I, I, I can't imagine that this movie is a 77. Uh, as I recall, I think that, I, I don't even think that Happy Gilmore was fresh, and I think Happy Gilmore is a more well-received overall movie than this. Uh, this feels to me like a movie that I'm going to say the critics got it wrong, but that it is rotten. So I will take the 76 and all of the under that comes with it, because I can't imagine that it's actually like in the 80s. Uh, so I'll go 76. So the audience have this at a 79. And this is going to be one of the bigger gaps we've talked about on this show. <laughs> so it's way uh, down there. <laughs> Mike, Mike does win. Uh, the critics have this as a rotten 41% film, uh, so pretty far wow. down there. That's We're getting into some, some of the lower range that we've had on this show. Didn't think it would be that low. <laughs> so I guess, Mike, being the Adam Sandler expert that you are, um, is Rotten Tomatoes correct? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't even think I would have put it at a 77 or a 79. I think that... I think that this movie is probably a C minus. Um, yeah, I've rewatched a lot. I enjoy it. I enjoy the comedy of this era. I enjoy um, Adam Sandler quite a bit. Uh, but again, you have to know what the you have to grade the movie against what it's trying to accomplish. Yep. And in my opinion, this movie delivered on what he was trying to accomplish in a more juvenile way than he did then with Happy Gilmore, some of his, most of his later movies, not all of them. Um, but I think that this movie's fresh, I just wouldn't have it significantly fresh, if that makes sense. But to have it, you said it was a 40, 41? 41, said? yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think the critics got that wrong. <clears throat> well, I will say that as I gave that number, I kind of forgot to me, 77 in my mind was a much lower number than what it is in reality on the Rotten Tomatoes scale um, because I think that my number would have been much lower had I kind of remembered what that scale was because I was picturing a 77 as being a fairly poorly received movie, um, but I guess in reality it's not. Um, so are they right? No, I think that's probably a little bit too harsh, but at the same time, like, it's not hard to connect the dots as to why they got there. So, um, they're wrong, but not shockingly wrong. 
I don't think it's a 41%. I do think it's rotten comparatively. And I guess for me, what I'm comparing it against, I'm not even comparing it against comedies. I'm comparing it against what I feel Adam Sandler's best at. And I know this is going to be blasphemy for, for probably you guys and a lot of people because he made his money on being juvenile. This is what he made his name on, right? But what I've seen and what I prefer if I'm going to pick an Adam Sandler movie, the dude's actually a pretty good actor. He's got some chops and what I end up going back to as what I think is his most rewatchable what I would prefer to see him do are movies where there's a little extra heart in it like Big Daddy Click 50 First Dates any of those things where the juvenile stuff is in there but there's a lot of pretty emotional stuff between him and that little kid and Big Daddy him helping Drew Barrymore through her uh, brain trauma in 50 First like they add in some of that emotional stuff where he gets to actually show that he's a little bit better of an actor in the midst of having the juvenile comedy while I can buy into something a little bit more than whatever relationship he has with the woman in this movie. Like, I just think that's where his movies actually excel for me is when they see that. And when we go back to this, which I loved as a kid, Happy Gilmore, which I loved as a kid, and that's just not present on any level, it's just a lot harder for me when we go back and watch these. Because I think it can be better. Yeah, and there's there's no doubt that uh, this is not his best work, right? And if you're again, if we're comparing where is his best acting, uh, you name somewhere he certainly acts better. Um, do you ever see uh, the movie he did with Don Cheadle? Yeah, right over, over me. me. Yeah, I thought he was he was really good in that. Yeah, I, uh, I thought yeah. he was was very good in Spanglish. Right, he is uncut he, gems. Uncut he's, gems. Yeah. I have not seen, but I've heard that he, he's very good in it. Um, he is, I think, underrated as an actor, probably because of where he started and how he yep. did these things. But I think I divide Sandler's career kind of into eras, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's the era of if I'm going to leap from being opera man and singing, you know, Lunch Lady Land on Saturday Night Live into movies, how am I going to do it? Well, I'm going to do it playing a version of this. And so this era, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, in through where he starts to maybe transition a little bit there with, like, you know, Big Daddy, but you also have the Waterboy in there and some of the others. I think that this is second or third out of that era. Mm-hmm. But for me, again, the slapstick, stupid juvenile comedy, that's Happy Gilmore is his peak there. Then once he had established himself as a box office draw, he was able to start doing things. And I think it started with, what was the Paul Thomas Anderson one he did? Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love. He, you started to see him try to establish himself more, and now to the point where there was at least some discussion of whether he would get nominated or not, I think, with Uncut Gems. Oh, I, yeah, he got robbed. Um, and so to see that career, I almost view it as the guy delivered on what he was supposed to with a movie like this, mm-hmm. established his box office draw so that he could get to the point where he had some autonomy in what scripts he was going to take and wasn't. Now, if you've seen some of the awful Netflix movies he's done... Oh, yeah. You know he's not above just cashing the checks mm-hmm. to play those parts, um, but I, I guess I, I view his career through that lens. And having been there since basically the beginning with with these two, um, I have an appreciation for how he delivered on this, so that he could deliver on those other things. So I think it's it's unfair to critique this movie. Um, how many years after now that it, that it came out? When did this come it's out? It's coming up 27 on, years. Yeah, I was going to say it's coming up on 30. So, 
so 27 years so you know for me that's from a 15 year old to a 42 year old right like it's unfair to say that this movie is a bad movie when for probably the first 15 years it was out i loved it between the ages of 15 and 30 so it hits that demographic it's entertaining i watched i let my son watch this with me and i asked him his thoughts afterwards and he's like yeah i liked it he i caught him giggling a couple times but there were even some things for him as a 13 year old that were almost he was almost too mature for um you know some of that drunken gibberish that he did and things with the penguin and stuff like so i think that even in this movie you see a bit of uh, that split of sandler of this stupid childish you know character actor he's trying to do from saturday night live to there's scenes in this movie that are genuine and and you know he you feel his heart coming out through the screen because he's really good at that stuff so it's fair to say it's a crappy movie now i will say as a 42 year old male it's a crappy movie like it does not appeal to me i almost shut it off after the first 15 minutes because i was like i don't know how much i can watch of this i already know the rest of the film but i stuck it out and there are some some scenes later on that are that are fairly entertaining but um yeah, I, I mean, as a 42-year-old, if I'm critiquing it right now, yeah, I think C-minus yeah, even might be a, a bit nice, you know? I think, yeah, I, I, and that's, as you even said that, Brad, I, you're grading on a curve with movies like this. Uh, let's be honest, right? Even though we all and the listeners are 100%, even Pappy Drew, uniformly in agreement with us, <laughs> that Brad is 100% wrong about things like The Rock. Even with things like that, we're yes. grading it on a curve based off of nostalgia and when we saw it and how we saw it. Um, and so, yeah, I agree with you. Like this was This was the least enjoyable watch of Billy Madison in my life. And I suspect that the only one that will be less enjoyable than this one is probably the next one, unless it is watching it with my son and my son enjoying it in a way that brings me back to youthfully how I, I felt through that maybe. But um, I agree with you. You have to grade it at the time that it was. And um, yeah, I think you came to it after you had probably seen some of the other Sandler stuff. So it, Yeah, it, 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 was, all, it, it was all around the same time as... Probably around the time the Fifty First Dates came out. Mm -hmm. Like I saw that, and then saw Billy Madison, and saw Happy Gilmore, and all that stuff. And I still go back to Fifty First Dates and Click. I mean, I, I have a distinct memory of the first time I saw Click in theaters. And I know that movie ends up kind of getting crapped on now, but I think that's actually a phenomenal performance that he gives in it. And it, it the ending still breaks my heart every time because he's actually a really good actor. Uh, in it, so at I, least this better. This is better than Little Nicky. I mean, well, so is everything. Uh, so I mean, I guess. So with that, have you um, seen Hubie Halloween before you? I have. Oh yeah. So you're saying because I would I would think against Little Nicky, like those are like that's the bottom. I right? watch Hubie over Little Nicky. I'll never watch Little Nicky again. Yeah. Um, I, so I guess then because I don't we don't need to talk about. I mean, like I love Brad Whitford, but we don't need to talk about his career because of this movie. Um. What then, to put a cap around the Adam Sandler conversation, you are going to hit play on one Adam Sandler movie forever. Not that you have to watch, but like you can only ever watch one Adam Sandler movie again. What is it? Hmm, that's a tough question. Um, if I don't think too much about it, I'd probably say Big Daddy, okay. um, because I think it appeals to a larger audience. Um, Happy Gilmore would be in the conversation, I think. But, uh, yeah, pro probably Big Daddy. 
Yeah, for me, I, I don't have to think as hard about it. It would be Happy Gilmore simply because um, similar stuff to whether it's Tombstone or The Rock or some of the movies that we've talked about yeah. that just it is in that iconic class for me in terms of movies I've, I've enjoyed. And also what that one has that some of his other movies don't have uh, in that range is an iconic foil for him. So for me, it's not just Happy Gilmore, it's Shooter McGavin, and just uh, some of the back and forth there. Not his best movie, but if I had to only yeah. watch one for the rest of my life, that is the most entertaining for me. My answer is definitely not me saying it's his best movie, and Brad's going to roll his eyes and scoff at me or whatever. It, mine's, without even thinking about it, it's The Longest Yard. Brad didn't roll his eyes. I like I That movie, I don't know how many times you guys have seen it. That, that is, I will die on the hill that's the best football that's ever been put on screen that game because you football's hard to film if you think about movies where there's a football action scene in it it always kind of looks a little weird or it's chopped up or it's only a couple minutes here and a couple minutes like they film a full football game and it legitimately comes off like a professional game it looks amazing in fairness they went out of their way to get a bunch of professional, professional football, football play- players they did or professional wrestlers who had played football so i mean it's a good thing that it looked like that because they spent presumably a lot of money getting people who actually knew how to play football to wrap around adam sandler but i mean god love ryan gosling watching him run around and remember the titans does not look legit this looks legit and it's objectively hilarious like i I really really loved the longest yard not as best but i'd pick that in a heartbeat just because of how much i love football too you know i i don't I haven't seen that movie enough times to have that strong of an opinion on it, um, comparatively speaking to other Adam Sandler movies. But I mean, I remember enjoying it. Yeah. It was it was enjoyable. Yeah, it's a solid movie. It's a solid pick. I was waiting. I usually try to make Brad roll his eyes once a month, and I doubt next week's going to get the opportunity because I think we all have a great opinion on that. But we'll see. Um, so I guess that just kind of bring. Unless you guys really want to touch on anybody else that was in this movie, like I said, I don't know if this is really the pinnacle where we need to talk about Bradley Whitford. Well, obviously, you know, you've got uh, that bright, shining star of Chris Farley who, you know, who knows what his career would have been yeah. um, had he levels. had he lived longer. Um, you know, small small part in this. Um, shout out to the uh, the dad from A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. I don't know the guy's name. Oh, but, yeah. Um, uh, recognized him there. I actually had never put that together, put that together before this time. Um and it was like, oh, hey, there's there he is. So um, Darren McGavin. Yep. Shooter. Shooter's dad. Yes, I'm uh, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of good actors and actresses in this. Um, and you know, Norm Macdonald has some some bright spots in his career. This wasn't one of them, but. Uh, um, yeah, definitely a, a good ensemble cast. I agree with you. Although with Norm Macdonald, what makes, I think, Norm Macdonald's humor, rest in peace, right, um, so good in is what actually does play in this for him is just that dryness and just how, like, oh, my gosh, the dry sarcasm. Um, and, and so, yeah, he's good there. And then, I mean, a great uh, just un- uncredited bit performance by Steve Buscemi in it as well. Um, and uh, it's it always fun to see him pop up and things just randomly. I, I mm-hmm. enjoy him. Uh, favorite scene? But, well, before we get into that, I will break the suspense that uh, we just had a conversation off-air about where we rank these films, and 
the average for this month was was fairly low um, for me I don't know where it ranks for you guys but this actually was the lowest rated movie of the month for me oh, um, of the month I thought he was I thought we were getting into oh no no bad no. boys don't yeah nothing's beating bad boys or Hellboy uh, at least yeah nothing I can see on the horizon beating those but uh, uh, this was in the uh, it was in the eighties for me um, so you know fairly low on the list but. Uh, uh, the other two, the crazies in our movie next week, Vantage Point, barely squeaked it out, and, and we're just a little bit higher on the list. Um, and all three were well behind Black Panther for me. Well, as we know, this, this movie is a top ten movie for Ethan. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, for me, I, I have it probably... I'm going to probably be moving it a little bit further down um, after this discussion. Um I think that it's probably going to find itself somewhere in the upper 70s after everything's all said and done. Um, so, but we'll see. You know, it, again, as you pointed out very, very uh, eloquently, Brad, I think what this movie, how I enjoyed this movie for the first half of, of its existence also has to rank into kind of where I see it overall. Because the other reality is compared to a lot of these movies that we've seen, there's no doubt that this movie has brought me more entertainment over my life than a lot of these movies, even movies that are unquestionably at this point in my life better than it. Oh yeah, and I would say, and this I don't think is hyperbole, um, this might be the most quoted movie of my entire lifetime as far as when you hear some of those one-liners uh, through this thing and how many times I've repeated them or heard them repeated, this is probably the most quoted movie of my lifetime. So I think it gets credit just for that too, but... As far as a 42-year-old male, and for what I can see for the for my future as I age, I don't think it's going to get any better. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, young Adam Sandler is better because it goes on first and cleans the hair. So, so what then, as a 42-year-old, is your favorite scene from this movie? Favorite scene, or are we going scene or line? Let's first? do scene first. Scene? Oh man. Um, I was not prepared for scene. I was thinking line, so I'm going to let you guys jump I mean, for, it's me. the decathlon. Just for me, it's just watching all of that play out from the beginning to the end of it. Like, I really, I hate it when I come in like this because I don't want to just sound like I'm just dumping water on a fire, but I just, I honestly just not have fun watching this. But that was the most enjoyable part for me. Was there any one part of that that kind of stood out? or? Well, yeah, but then I'd get into my favorite line, and you two haven't given your favorite scene yet. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I don't think any of us, uh, even an Adam Sandler apologist like I am, are sitting here defending this movie or going to bat for it. So when I think of my favorite scene, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, not the whole scene, but I guess it just as I'm thinking through this movie, the thing that just made me start laughing as I was thinking about it, was the end of him chasing the penguin with him just drunkenly stumbling up to the door and then the door opens and he falls face first and then she has to let all of, of the father's business partners in. And I think that that plays different, you know, when I first started watching this, it was probably, oh, ha, 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 look how drunk he is and all this stuff. Now for me, I'm chuckling just thinking like, you know, Brad, as, as a father, can you imagine you've got this important meeting and then your man boy child comes stumbling up and just passes out in front of all of your. So no, I'd kick, I, I I'd mean, kick his ass. 
you know. So for whatever yeah. reason, it is the very end of that. Um, and uh, that's just what's sticking with me. <laughs> it's not a great scene, but it's what made me chuckle as I was thinking about it right now. Well, I'm glad you guys let me go last because I'm going to... I'll do favorite scene going into the favorite line because the favorite line is in this scene, but it's the... Uh, when they are going to light the bag of shit on fire and put it on the porch because it's just the whole, like, uh, he's going to shit when he finds out it's shit, you know? And then he goes up there and then, uh, you know, the whole, like, don't put it out with your boots, Ted, and don't tell me my business, devil woman. And then, you know, stomps on it and he's like, it's poop again. And and then they're saying he called the shit poop and, and then he screams, you... You crazy kids are all gonna die. Like it's one of those that uh, um, if I had a dollar for every time I said, you know, he called the shit poop or or it's poop again or whatever, I would probably be able to retire and and live yeah. comfortably. So or every um, time you said, don't tell me, my don't business. tell me my business, devil woman. <laughs> yes, I've 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 said that <laughs> plenty of times in my life. So um, yeah, I think just overall that scene. Um, still makes me laugh and um probably my yeah outside of you know some of those veronica vaughn scenes um definitely the best of the film well i i know where you're gonna go yeah so your, why don't you just say it with your favorite well no i'll let you it's not I'll yours. Let you have that oh it's good um and i'm gonna let you have that uh but i'm gonna give a i'm gonna give a shout out to just uh and i forget the exact words i was trying to look it up but uh, I'm going to stick with, with the penguin. With uh, It's too hot for a penguin. I've got to take you back to the South Pole where you belong. Um, and then I'll let you finish with what I think is, is the best monologue oh. in, uh, in, the, in the movie for sure. This is what, as much as I didn't enjoy it, it made the hour and a half worth it. Just for Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That, yeah. that is, hands down, without a doubt, and, the best thing to come out of this movie. And the funny thing is, if if I'm speaking correctly, that's the guy that does insult the comic dog, uh, Smigel. Yes. And uh, think of some of the stupid, incoherent things that we've had to be put through with that dog, you know? So the <laughs> irony of that was... was not lost I, on me. I had a teacher in high school on the spot recite that to a kid that gave an answer. He called on a kid and the kid tried to like bullshit his way through an answer and and knowing that the kid was lying and hadn't read the assignment or whatever on a dime I perfectly said that. Now that I'm getting into my own educational career I know how damaging that probably was for that student and probably not the right thing. As a 15 year old yeah. That man became a god in 30 seconds. Mm. Well, you know, and earlier tonight, uh, off, off mic, you asked me uh, what I thought about the Cubs offseason. Years back, well before the Cubs won the World Series, well before that core was even uh, in the minor leagues, let alone the major leagues, um, in the early days of the internet, I was on a, a message board, a Cubs message board, and I was, uh, I was back and forth discussing what should the Cubs do for the offseason. I was like, I think they should do this. And somebody came back at me with that exact same thing. Um, <laughs> not as damaging as if the teacher did it, but I was like, ah, that's harsh, man. I mean, like, we're talking about whether or not we think they should sign a free agent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an iconic line. 
It's pretty fantastic. Um, speaking of iconic, maybe we'll have a chance in two weeks when we open up the month of March. Next week, though, we will be doing Vantage Point, uh, the Dennis Quaid vehicle um, entitled Vantage Point. I'll leave it at that. But that'll be next week. Hey, if nothing else, if you've never seen it, give it a try, and you know that we're going to bring as much as we can uh, to the conversation. This week, it was Billy Madison, and we thank you all for supporting the podcast. And other than that, for Mike, for Brad, I'm Ethan, and we'll see you next time.